Greetings and welcome everyone to another Chief Yuya podcast. We are on the 83rd episode, which is actually the second episode out of our, our second season, you know, season two, episode 83. But, um, I wanted to share, uh, we're going to be, I told you, I warned you that we'd be exploring a, a different sort of format, uh, going forward and today sort of marks the day where we're going to, we're going to start doing some of that. And, you know, I think you're going to enjoy uh, the designation of what this show is, is going to be in these broadcasts and how we're going to dive into um, the information and the experience and, and being a bit more interactive, you know, in this way. So in this segment, we're going to be talking about foundations, right? And I, I told you in the last segment, we'll be covering foundations and primarily because um starting a new season and, you know, our last season, we kind of let off uh, one of the, the first segments I did was who am I talking to and what are you building? So, you know, this is this sort of a theme there, um, whether you're talking about foundations or building, you know, but establishing who our our um, our demographic is, who our people are, who our group is and who should, you know, obviously take this information to heart. And apply it and, you know, who may have expectations in terms of the application and the ownership of said information. But yeah, we're going to be dealing with our foundations and um, we're also going to be dealing with cycles, right? Um, C-Y-C-L-E-S, cycles, you know, and just some of the things sometimes that we get, we get caught in or, you know, need I even, you know, dare to say that we get stuck in. You know, sometimes some of the cycles that we get stuck in and really can't, you know, or, or have difficulty pulling ourselves out of because um, our patterned way of thinking and just some of the things that we hold as tradition and some of the things that we even honor that become a, a, pre, um, a precept to our defining of life. You know, this is where we begin. We look at things this way. You know, we look at our works this way. We look at our life experience this way because there's been these preceptors that have been, you know, um, that we've been indoctrinated with, honestly, you know, um, at whatever age and at whatever point inside of our journey. So we're going to look at some of the cycles sometimes that we may find ourselves getting caught in and why it's so important that we face, you know, if you will, the, um, the dark rooms, you know, we all have dark rooms in our minds. You know, we all have those closed doors and um, in those rooms, no one else is supposed to be there. You know, we're supposed to go there and we take our time to kind of learn of the power that's been given to us. You know, we take our time to maybe even speak to our, our own lineage or our own ancestral energy that maybe be you know, actively present inside of us, some of those thoughts. And, you know, a lot of these things, they, they take a lifetime of practice, you know, to be able to even transform the body into a very subtle form and travel from one idea to another, or, you know, some might even say one dimension to another. But um, if we're really thirsting for information and we're thirsting for knowledge, then we can do it. We can do it, you know. So 
that's what we're going to be covering. And with every segment going forward, you know, I'm going to give you a proverb in the very beginning. And that's something that you could reflect on or proverb, as I tend to say, you know, an action that we can apply moving forward. And um, you can meditate on, you can chant, you know, and use it for uh, the next seven day cycle. So our proverb for this strong is, I bow to the divine guru who by the application of the collyrium of knowledge opens the eyes of one blinded by the disease of ignorance and opens my inner eye. Okay. So that is your, your proverb. And um, with that being said, we're going to get right into our segment and our segment's going to start with, movie offering. So in each segment going forward, we're going to have a couple of things. You're going to get a a proverb. You're going to get movie recommendation by myself. You're going to get a book recommendation. I'm going to go over your questions that you send to me. Remember, always you can send questions at questions at chiefyuya.com, questions at chiefyuya.com. And there have been questions coming in, so I'm going to address a question every show. And, um, you know, and then of course we'll have the bulk, the main piece of what we're speaking about. But I'll give you some books. I'm gonna give you some movies. I'm gonna answer your questions. You know, I'm gonna give you some proverbs to build on. Right. So we got a lot that we're gonna we're gonna have fun with. All right. So the first movie um, that we're gonna we're gonna touch upon is Samsara. You know, Samsara, and this is a movie. There were actually there's more than one Samsara. So. The one that um, we're going to take a look at, that we're going to uh, focus on, or you're going to take a look at, if you haven't seen it already, um, it came out in 2001, and it's a it's a movie I really, really love. Um, and it's set in the Himalayas. It's, it's an area called Ladakh. And, um, you know, with Samsara, it's, it's about a, a monk. And he basically goes on a, a quest, right? He has a question. And he's, he's trying to live or seeks to live the ascetic life where, you know, he basically, he renounces the world, um, in order to find enlightenment. And then you have on the other side of it, there's a woman, you know, and she's fighting to keep her, um, the love and, and her life inside of the world. And, and since that remains illuminated, if you will, and they have different experiences that they go through. Together, you know, when he when he moves away from um, his Buddhist beliefs and uh, he starts to see certain things and, you know, he has a different perspective of what is religion. I'm not going to tell you too much, obviously, because um, I want you to be able to to watch it and enjoy it. Um, but there are there are certain things that are brought into focus when you're watching it. And, you know, one of which is that. There's, you know, like with many foreign movies, uh, there's a slowness, <laughs> you know, and sometimes, you know, we're just used to the hyper stimulation, which we're going to touch upon a little bit later, of the Western culture. And I really love how foreign movies, they, you know, you might have a five minute sequence in the beginning where you're just looking at a cow, <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, where, where are we going with this, you know? Um, and not to say that that's what's happening with this film, but, um, 
it's definitely the type of film where it pulls you in. That's that's one of the things that I love about foreign films. They pull you in slowly, you know. So Samsara, uh, which of course it, it's the the concept of Samsara is is the concept of cycles, you know. Um, but there are different concepts, you know, like, um, one of the, the questions that's asked in the beginning of the film is how will you stop a drop of water from ever drying up? You know, and <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the answer. You, you'll get the answer when you get further into the, into the film, you know, but there's certain things like that, that will sort of, um, pull you in and, and cause you to, to look at things and, you know, um, and it's similar to, you know, the concepts of reincarnation, the samsara, you know, those cycles of, of life, you know, life is water and, and the evaporation of, of life is death, right? So you, you water, you're moving through life and you have this water and then death comes and the water evaporates, you know, and then rain comes and the rain is the rebirth, you know, and all of this, can merge together and well, I won't give you too much. <laughs> um, you know, so yeah, there's, there's so many beautiful themes. It's just, it's beautifully, beautifully shot, you know, and it's just a lot of wonderful, um, concepts, you know, that are, um, that are presented, you know, and, um, even, you know, uh, this that quote that Tashi says when he when he quotes Guatemala and he says, "Shouldn't you own something to disown it?" <laughs> you know, so uh, these are these. It's a it's a great film, you know. So definitely Samsara. I'm gonna give you that to check out. And for my our new people, we will be doing a movie night, sort of like night, I guess. Um, on Sabbath, and we can sit and we can we can watch it. Right? That's for our new members, you know. But yeah, that's our movie. You're gonna you're gonna enjoy it. I promise you. And of course, there are some inaccuracies. It's still a movie, you know. Um, in terms of like Tibetan culture or or the Ladakhis, you know, because um, there is a there is a difference between Tibetan culture and Ladakhi culture. But it's not all about that, you know. Um, when you start to understand Vaj, Vajrayana um, Buddha. Uh, you'll see that, okay, well, some of, some of the practices in the film are not accurate to that particular practice, you know, or even like the instruments and things that are being used, but that's okay. Just, you know, suspend some of your, uh, you know, search for accuracies for a moment and enjoy it. All right. So that's our, that's our movie that, uh, we're going to deal with. Now let's get into our concepts starting with foundations, right? And um, foundations are, are a critical, critical thing to look at. And I'm going to tell you why, because it's the start. You know, it's the start of everything. And, you know, like very similar, you know, sometimes we ask people like, hey, what is your, what is your purpose in life? And they get, they get kind of tongue tied, you know, like, man, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm here doing. I don't know what I'm here to do. You know, and that becomes sometimes a, a point of contention, you know, but, uh, in the same instance, sometimes we don't ask questions like, well, what are, what are your foundations in life? And that, that question can be equally as, um, confounding, 
you know, is asking, asking something like that. You know, everything that you do and everything that you watch and you experience is built upon some sort of foundation. And the value of what it is, is determined by the value of the foundation. And sometimes we seek to develop so fast. We seek to um, have something so quickly that we rush through the foundation. But when the foundation is correct, things become really simple after that. You know, every everything kind of sort of comes together, you know, and, and everything Everything that exists, like I said, has this, this concept of a foundation, especially things that are a discipline. Even disciplines have a foundation that you have to build. And, um, for our walk and for our life, if we're moving as spiritual people and we're moving as people with a divine and sacred consideration for other people who walk the earth, you know, um, our foundation is usually going to be our orders that are given to us by our creator, you know, who, who we consider or what we consider to be our, our creator. That's usually going to hold the key to what our, our, um, our foundations are, you know, and just like, you know, in some systems, your asanas are your, are your foundations and other systems, your mantras are your foundations or your yantras are your foundations, right? Every Everything has something that allows you to build towards what that thing is. You know, everything has that. And one of the jobs of the, um, of the teacher, right, is to guide you towards your foundations, you know. And what's so important about that, that con- one of the things that's so very important about that concept is that your... You know, in some systems, you, you know, you may use the term guru, right? Or you may use the term sensei or the term, uh, infudishi. You know, there's, there's so many different terms that, that speak about, um, what that is, but there's an importance there because, or an importance rather in having that teacher, you know, or in a spiritual sense, having that pastor, like within the Anu Life Global Ministries, I'm the head jekna. Right. So that means that as as one young man put it in, um, uh, you know, he was talking to me about, you know, like what I do. And I knew he was like, I see you're basically like everybody's big brother. I said, I said, you could, you know, that's that's one way to put it. Sure. You know, and the thing about in and having a teacher or even having a disciple, um, it should be a meticulous process in choosing. You know, when you're choosing a teacher for yourself or when a teacher is deciding to take on a disciple, because you can give if you give esoteric information to the wrong person, it will harm you. It will take away it. You know, in our our ancient times, we were we were taught that it takes away years off of your life because your students is supposed to feed back into you as you feed them. And some people don't. So if you measure your student incorrectly, um, then you know, someone who will not feed back into, into the tradition or who will not carry it with integrity, who does not come with a heart that's ready to pour out, you know, um, and some, in some traditions, when you come to a teacher and you ask them, will you be my teacher? Will you be my guru? Will you be my Baba? You know, and that, that terms, the terms of, of parental titles like Baba or Mama, those terms are used, you know, not, um, just 
because of the reference that they represent, but they're used because of the responsibility that that person is supposed to have over people who call them that. So you're supposed to have that filial sort of love or that parental love with those that you work with. And and sometimes it's challenging in the West because in the West, everyone is, you know, Western education teaches you to be your own individual. It teaches you that, you know, you don't need anyone for anything. No one can really help you with anything. No one can do anything for you. You, I did it all by myself. You know, we're so proud of those things. So sometimes uh, when teachers come from the East to the West, they change the way they teach. They distort the foundations of their teachings in order to accommodate the sick Western mind. So they may not use terms like, you know, Baba or, you know, um, or um, terms like, you know, even guru or things like that, or, or require that, that full um, prostration, you know, in front of that, that guru, like where you're laying your body fully out, you know, but in many systems, or some some ancient systems rather when you come to a teacher you come with with what we call burning wood and burning wood is just like what it what it sounds like and what that represents when you're you know it's like it's like you know <laughs> i guess in in the amorous um setting you know like you come and you bring somebody flowers right and you know you already know what the flowers mean you know, you bring the flower. I know what this is about, right? So the, it's similar with the burning wood. And what that means is that's the disciple telling the, uh, the, the would be teacher that they would like to be taught by that I am here to burn my ego. I'm willing to burn my ego. And, you know, I'm asking if you could be my teacher and, and really what you're asking for, can you initiate me? That's what the initiation is. And, you know, it's not something to be taken lightly. It's not a joke because what happens is that when you are working with someone, you're transferring the power of your lineage to them. You know, when you're teaching them certain mysteries and um, you're giving them, the, them the, the, the discipline of a correct practice, you're giving them a portion. So you're taking away from yourself in order to give to your student. So when you have a, someone who comes along to be a would-be student, but the first thing they want to tell you is how they learn or what kind of person they are, or they, they want to receive it. That, well, you, I, I learn better this way or that way. Um, a wise guru will not teach them. That's why I've said so many times, I only have about two, three students out of the thousands, literally thousands of people that I work with. It's about two, right? Because most people are not coming with the burning wood where they're saying, you know, I am... Um, I'm going to dissolve and incinerate my ego because that's how important this experience is. And that's how much I value what it is that you bring. Because typically when you're also seeking for um, someone to establish those foundations, it's often advised that you study that person for at least 12 years. <laughs> now imagine that, you know, as opposed to maybe today where you might hear someone do a, 30 or 40 second clip on social media and they say something that you really like. And then you say, Oh, that's my new teacher or, or as a term, you know, I'm an archive student. Well, how much time have you really spent to study this person to see if they are of good character and that they're really walking and traveling with the, with the tradition? Because 
um, one of the key uh, aspects in order to help to foundate, you know, to have that foundator, that foundation um, with your teacher is that they have to be liberated. Someone who's not liberated cannot liberate you. They don't even know what it looks like. They're not liberated. So when you, you know, you have to study sometimes someone through the seasons to determine like, um, do they have any vices that they may still be caught up in? You know, do they have certain, um, ideas? Are they still trapped in their own cycles where they're blind to the person that they are in a divine world? You see? And often the disciple will come with that. You know, the disciple often is coming with the two eyes that they use to guide themselves through the materialistic world. And um, they haven't opened up the third eye or the first eye, you know, and there's no experience that one can actually ever have in the first eye and in, in, in the divine world without opening up the first eye because they'd be blind. You know, just, you know, if you could imagine that for a moment, people speak about divine. I did this and I did that and I did that, but they've never opened up that inner eye. So what you're speaking about internally and, you know, that internal experience, spiritual experience, you didn't even see what was going on. So it would be no different than, you know, um, coming into the materialistic world and not having the use of your two flesh eyes, but, you know, uh, <laughs> kind of swearing up and down that you see everything that everyone else sees, you know, um, my, my Baba was, um, very close friends with Stevie wonder before he transitioned. And when Stevie or Mr. Wonder, I never called him Stevie, um, or, Morris, actually, Mr. Morris, his name is actually Morris. Um, but when he would come into town, they used to go to the, to the boxing fights all the time together. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I could say it now, but you know, I just thought it was the funniest thing, <laughs> you know, and, you know, he would sit next to him and he would tell him everything that's happening, but he loved to go watch boxing boxing you know or and we're saying watch but this is a person who doesn't have the use of their physical eyes but it's the energy in the space you know and obviously you have fight announcers who's telling you what's happening and things like that but you know my father would tell him like this is what happened and that and this always oh, got him against the rope you know and things like that but that was that was their thing you know that's that's what they what they did you know so um even in the, in the spiritual world, we have to have guides. The, and the guide will slowly help to open up our first eye. And the foundation of the guide is serenity. The foundation of the guide is, is calmness. And sometimes as someone coming in who has not built foundations and doesn't understand, they can be very uh, disturbed by the serenity and the calmness of the teacher. But the teacher is the boat. That ferries, ferries you across the, the waters of consciousness, if you will. So the waters may be rough, but you don't want the boat to be rough. You want the boat to always be stable. You always want the boat to be sure. And, you know, so in that you understand that my teacher is never a person. My teacher is a function. Right. So you focus less on 
the bias that you may have about the person. I like this person. I don't like this person. And, you know, because sometimes your teacher will be very cruel and they need to be cruel and you won't know why. You know, I've known teachers like that. I've known teachers who've even used physical disciplining with their, with their, with their spiritual students, you know? Um, but when you render yourself over, you, I'm here for whatever this is going to be. Right. And that's why you have to study, you know, that person for some time and they have to study to, to determine if you are what they should have. You see. And sometimes we use the wrong criteria because our foundations are based on a materialistic thought. But formal education and formal thought has never liberated anybody in the history of, of all physical humanity. It's never liber- liberated anyone. They all go to school and do this and go to college and go to the university and, you know, get an advanced degree even, you know, and you, and that's how you'll gain liberty. No one has ever gained liberty that way. Ever. You see. So it's, it's always the wisdom of esoteric teachings that, um, bring a person to where they can now, um, where they get that spiritual wisdom, if you will. Um, you know, a, a regular teacher will give you knowledge. And m- more significantly, significantly, they'll give you knowledge of the material world. Whereas a true guide will give you real wisdom of the spiritual world. You see, and the value and part of the point of that, you know, your materialistic information that dies with you. You know, when you transition, you don't, you know, still know how to how to read a stock ticker. You don't need to know that anymore. You don't know. You don't know how to do comps on a property that you want to invest in. You don't need that anymore, you know, or how to adjust the timing on an engine. Don't need it. You see, so it's actually the spiritual information, the spiritual um, wisdom that will stay with you. And it's that spiritual information that liberates you from samsara or liberates you from those cycles of, of, of death and the cycles of life. You see, so that's why you're, you're who you foundate your teachings with and who you choose to pastor over you or to watch over you, a critical. And like you've heard me say before, everyone should have a pastor. And I know, again, like I said, in Western thought, we're, we're often so arrogant, we have so much trouble with that. Or we'll, we'll, we'll always have one in, one foot in, one foot out. And thinking that somehow, as this pseudo-outsider looking in, that we will gain liberation, but you never do. You never, ever do in that way. You see? Even if you're not physically close to that person, you should present yourself to them and then commit yourself to them. You know, it's not just enough. Like some of you say, oh, I'm an archive student, chief. I study with you. Have I ever critiqued your notes? Have I ever critiqued your journey? Have I ever corrected you personally? You see, no, you know, you're not my student. <laughs> You're just, you know, getting some, some remnants of the sunshine, but you're not, you're not standing directly under it. You know, you're reflecting that light off of something else. And that reflect, that light may have been reflected 30, 40 times until it was just right for you. It was just right. 
for you. You see. So that you felt comfortable with it. You know, and that's the important thing to understand. Um, If your foundation is strong, then your life will be strong. If your foundation is weak, your life will be weak. It's just that simple. And sometimes it's the pain and the work of building the foundation that we don't want to go to go through. You know, um, I've purchased properties before where, um, you know, especially as a newbie, you know, coming in and buying properties and buying land. There was a lot of things I learned. There's a lot of questions I learned to ask later after the fact due to things that I discovered, you know, and there there were people I used to listen to, you know, kind of get little tips and tricks here and there, you know, little ideas, certain things they would say. I say, okay, that's, that's, you know, put that in my notebook. That's good to know that, you know, and then they would think there were lessons I had to learn on my own as well, you know, and, um, sort of learning those lessons and, and learning the new questions to ask, if you will, in that sense, help to break certain cycles of what would have been, you know, and, um, to understand, yeah, you know, um, there is a blessing in discipleship. There's a, there's a blessing in kind to be, you know, being around people who can help to guide you in certain things. But, you know, I, I say that to say, I remember buying properties before where I was building on them, but the properties were so sloped that I I spent more money in leveling (laughs) and leveling and in concrete than I did for the land. Or, you know, you have certain properties where there's, I've had, I have, I still have some properties where there's drainage streams running through the middle of the property. Didn't even notice it. You know, you got a big dip in the middle. You're like, what is this dip here? What was that? I don't know. It's a good price though. I'm buy this. <laughs> you know, when I was younger, you know, I made a lot of those, those, those sort of mistakes. And uh, some mistakes I didn't make, but some I did. And, and I learned, you know, over time. And, you know, learned a lot about, well, the foundation has to be right. The foundation has to be right. The foundation doesn't, isn't right, man. Your house will collapse. Literally, your house will collapse. You know, so spend your money on the foundation. Spend your money on properly clearing your trees. Spend your money on properly, you know, um, clearing your land. Because once you get the foundation right, it, you know, it's simple after that. Everything, everything is, uh, it just sort of comes together one by one after that. But that's the critical thing, you know. So it's important to have someone who will take time with you, you know, and you're learning and to show you certain things and to, you know, um, give you that energy, you know, where, you know, like the, your teacher's job is to plant a seed and your job is to cultivate and nurture that seed, you see, and ultimately so that there's fruit that is yielded, not sit on something forever. You've been studying with someone for two years, three years, four years, five years, and you've decided that you're still going to stay suck, stuck in certain cycles of addiction, certain cycles of anger, certain cycles of ego, of guilt, of defensiveness. 
and you've been like that the entire time, what are you doing with those seeds that that instructor is giving you? That teacher, that guide, that jegna, that pastor is giving you. What are you doing? Because for every seed that's given, they're negating a part of their life. They're taking away from themselves to feed into you and to pour into you. And they may need to feed from that fruit later. But they don't even have that opportunity because you're doing nothing with what you have been given. You know, the role of the student or the disciple is to obey the instructions of the teacher. You know, it's just like we're in the boat. The teacher is the boat. The teacher is the boat and the teacher is ferrying you across. Ferrying the light, the loose, Lucifer, ferrying the light, right? And your job is to obey so that you can you can gain salvation. What is salvation? Your destination. I'm headed to salvation, and in order to 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 get to salvation, um, I have to be able to respect uh, this process that's been put in front of me. You see, and what's been revealed to me, and the transferring of this person's spark of light over to me. It's always about movement. It's always about a transferring, you know. So when when someone is is providing you with the foundations of what to build from, they're transferring over their light from their soul over to your soul. And what happens is then you connect with their lineage. That's why in some systems you're doing like mantras every day. And part of the mantras is you're recalling the lineage. And this one taught this one. 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 Because you're acknowledging that I am now owning an activated spark of divine energy inside of myself that is now propelling my own consciousness towards my own um, equalized or balanced or liberated state. And that energy that's propelling me forward is a portion of all of these different people. You see? All of these different people. And it may not look like anything that I've imagined or, I, or I've fantasized about because the, the initiation and towards, towards, um, the liberation path that exists between the teacher and the student is a very, um, intimate and secret one. Very secret. It's very sacred. It's it's not for everyone to understand or absorb. And um, when it's truly done properly, it creates an unbreakable bond between those between those two individuals. You see, it's it's similar to the the bond that you have with your father. Your father brought you into the material world to thought, and it is your your divine teacher or your spiritual guide that becomes your spiritual father because they birth you into the spiritual world. You see? And it has nothing to do with your emotional state. Sometimes we foundate what we want to do on how we feel. And feelings change. You know, we'll come into a practice or We'll come into a system or a learning. We have all this, this excitement and enthusiasm. 
and all of this vigor and zeal for what it, what it is that we want to do. Um, but then when we don't receive that spiritual warmth, that, you know, that spiritual feeling like, where's my glow? We don't receive that glow that we, that we, we imagine that we're supposed to have. We lose interest. We walk away and we start to, to live like a worldly and we just go the usual way of the world because, oh, well, this, this didn't work for me or this, I was disappointed. You see, I was disappointed because I didn't get what I wanted, wanted to get without realizing that patience and perseverance is required for success in any practice. If you're going to build a foundation in life, you have to have patience. You have to have perseverance. And magic does not provide you spiritual enlightenment. doesn't work that way. You can't get spiritual enlightenment that way. You see, you have to do the work. And part of the work um, is to work without attachment. Well, if I do this, I'm going to get that. You're already attached to the end. You see, that's an incorrect way of practicing because you're too worried about the result of what it is that I'm doing. The result will come through patience. The result will come through perseverance and, of course, through faith. You know, that's just what's, it's, it's inevitable. But when we're so locked up in what we consider to be the immediate benefit, then we never reach that place of liberation. We never, ever, 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 ever get there. You see? And there may be people who will sell you on that. Oh, I can do this in three months. Oh, come over here. I'll teach you how to breathe. And I'm going to transfer my knowledge to you. And magic, spookism, mysticism doesn't work. Not for not for enlightenment and liberation, it doesn't work. I can promise you that. You can't build a foundation on Puff the Magic Dragon. It won't work. You see, there are certain difficult techniques that you may have to learn that may not feel comfortable to you. And that's just a part of... um how this thing, <laughs> how this thing, how this thing goes, you know, there's different stages that, that a guide will pull you through and they'll teach you how to cross what the limitations of your mind and your intellect are. They'll teach you how to work with, with, uh, Chi, teach you how to work with Ashe, teach you how to work with the Ruach Kodesh, teach you how to work with Prana so that you begin to merge your your soul or your spirit with the eternal spirit. You see, that that's not something someone, you know, can give to you through formal formal um education. You're not gonna read a book on that or here buy my book or you know, my seven step program. It it doesn't work that way, regardless of how that person may be um trying to relate to you. There's a there's a relation of um or weaving of just interdependent functions that your teacher will introduce you to. You know, learning how to combine your life force with your mind, you see, or your spirit with your intellect, and then with the eternal spirit or the Ruach Kokodesh, with your own, you know, uh, Ruach or your own breath and spirit. And learning how to control your breath and spirit and that force and that energy, which kind of helps to bring, you know, life in, inside of you and, and breathe out death and all those different things, you know, 
And some of these things are very subtle. Some of them are, it's a very subtle state that someone will maybe help us to achieve and help us to understand. You see? So we have to build foundations in order to build ourselves. We don't stop it. We don't start at the top. <laughs> we start at the base foundations, you know? All right. I'll be back in a moment. All right, everyone. I just wanted to um, remind you all, for those who have reached out, uh, wanting coaching and and consultations, of course, uh, I am not doing readings at this time. So no Itefas and no Afas. So at this at this time, I'm doing coaching, you know, so those of you reached out for coaching, you have questions, even spiritual questions, you know, fine. Or, you know, maybe you've um, had, you know, maybe some instruction that was given to you from someone else before and you're having trouble deciphering it and things like that are, are still perfectly fine. For that, you would go to askosiris.com. And that's for consultations. And if you want to purchase a, a coaching package, package where, you know, you get ongoing support, that's OsirisLife.com. OsirisLife.com. For classes, um, you know, like we have our online classes on Sadulu House, S-A-D-U-L-U-H-O-U-S-E.com. So you could take your Anu spiritual training and classes on meditation and crystals and astral travel and dreams and a whole bunch of other stuff you know so that's what you can get there at the sedula house and there'll be more classes coming up um pretty soon too that i'm currently working on right now like on sexual alchemy and a couple other things right so just wanted to give you all the heads up on that sedula house ask osiris osiris life are some of the places that you can go and of course you can always follow me on you know my social media accounts all right, all right. Now, with that being said, let's get let's get into our book, right? For for you readers out there, so we have our movie Samsara, and the book I'm going to suggest is another book that I really enjoyed um, a lot. That I think you all will get a lot out of. Uh, it will help you a lot. The the title of the book is Stolen Focus. Okay. And it's stolen focus, why you can't pay attention and how to think deeply again. That's the full, the full title is written by an individual by the name of Johan Hari. Um, or might be Johan, but, um, it's spelled J O H A N N H A R I. And it's really dealing with just, you know, the, this phenomenon, if you will, or epidemic rally rather of, um, you know, not being able to focus, not being able to kind of um, stay focused on one task or, you know, um, really kind of get into a space where you lose your um, your ability to hold volumes of information. You know, um, your attention span has been reduced and just the accessibility of your, of your memory and why that's happened. You know, why society sort of looks like that today, you know, and um, it's a really good book. It's not a it's not a difficult read, but, um, you know, it talks about really some of the solutions that, you know, we can start to begin to put in place. And instead of just thinking it's just uh, sometimes we think it means something wrong. Yeah, there's something wrong, but there's a systematic reason why 
you've kind of gotten to that place and it's a systematic reason how you begin to rewire the brain so that your brain can normalize again, you know, um, instead of having this, um, uh, as, as, uh, one professor calls it, the attentional, um, pathogenic environment, which is just where, um, you know, you're, you're, we have these things that we do that require focus, you know, like reading the book <laughs> and things like that. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to do things like that because of all the different things that, um, degrade and deteriorate our, our attention. You know, we've kind of like been, we've been, our systems have been hacked into, if you will. And, um, you know, the book goes on into breaking down like the 12 causes of, you know, how your, your, uh, brain kind of have, has been hacked into and how it's been degraded in that sense. And, um, you know, how, what's happened to the conscious mind, you know, and of course, you know, we are very single minded people and we don't live in a society that really supports that. You know, it's, it's kind of said we can really only think about one or two things in our conscious mind, you know, at once, but we're, we're constantly juggling or trying to juggle all these tasks and these, these different things from moment to moment. And many of us are, are dropping the ball, you know, so. I think it would definitely be a, a great read for some of you, you know, and it, it also gets into some of the nutritional psychiatry as well and, um, deals with like, you know, some, the ways we eat and how that begins to affect things. All right. So that is our book for the strong. I want you to check out again, stolen focus, why you can't pay attention and how to think deeply again by Johan Hari or Johan. Um, like I said, I read it. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a really, really good read. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, you can get the audio book too. For those who <laughs> can't focus on reading the book, you can listen to it as well. All right. So now, uh, let's jump into our Q and A. We're going to go into our Q and A. Like I said, um, every segment, I'm going to read, um, a question that's sent to me. I'm going to answer it. Right. So you'll have, you'll have me. In that sense, to be able to have this more interactive experience. And of course, I won't say your names, <laughs> you know, whoever says it, unless you really, well, I still wouldn't say your name, you know, you're not going to get a shout out. But, uh, but nonetheless, um, you can always send your questions to questions at chiefuyard.com, questions at chiefuyard.com. All right. And that's how you get your questions answered. Some of you sent them like to different, places like IG and clubhouse and stuff, um, send them to questions at chief. com. So the question, let me get into it is pull this up. Peace. Chief. You willfully all is well. I just want to say thanks for all you have done and shared. I was listening. So just so you know, I didn't, I didn't read all this question before I reading it. So, um, you know, it's like I'm doing, you know, like I used to do with Chief Speaks and do them live on air. All right. So I don't have any. Um, so I might not even be able to answer it. We'll see. But anyway, peace, Chief. You are willfully all as well. I just want to say thanks for all you have done and shared. I was listening to a YouTube segment you have did and you stated a question. Why Adam did not kill the serpent. I was doing some research and wanted to know. The reason why he didn't kill the serpent. 
because that was his first wife, Lilith, or he was just scared? Or was he just scared as a question? Looking forward to hearing your response. Okay, so um, when you're doing the research, <laughs> so you, you should have the answer. Well, anyway, I'm messing with you. So let's let's get let's get into your first um, your first question, Adam. Like, why Adam did not kill the serpent? Why did the serpent need to be killed? At no point did you, in reading that story in Bereshith, were you told that there was any kind of strife between the serpent and Adam. The Adam was not was not cursed, quote unquote. He what well, he wasn't cursed. But um the issue with Adam was that he listened to his wife. He reversed the order of authority that the creator had established. You know, where he's supposed to provide, you know, the the the, the Elohim Yah gives instruction to Adoma and Nadoma gives that instruction to Hawa or Eve. And Eve gives that instruction to the, the children that they have. Instead, the order is reversed. You, you see, where he was, like he said, he hearkened to the voice of his woman. So that was the first issue. But the issue wasn't really with the serpent so much or with Inky, you know, or um, the seraphim. That wasn't necessarily the issue because in some instances, um, Inky or the serpent liberated Adoma, you know, liberated Adoma and, and like opened his eyes like, Hey, or opened their eyes. Cause you remember Adoma is a group of people and, um, Hawa or Eve is a group of people. Adoma meaning, you know, red earth and, um, Hawa or Eve meaning earthlings, you know, or life of earthlings. Right. So this is a group of people. It wasn't just two people. Right. So, um, yeah, his, 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 where he messed up was, was messing up the order of the patriarchal authority, right? Now, this is where the little piece comes in. I think that was your next question. I was doing some research, wanted to know the reason why he didn't kill the serpent, because that was his first wife, Lilith, right? So Lilith was a, is, is a mythical idea. You know, um, feminists have used Lilith, even, um, like, um, Jewish feminine, feminists have used Lilith as like a symbol. But that's all Lilith is, you know, um, there was this idea that there was this, this, um, individual. And even in, in Grecian times, Lilith was depicted as like half woman, half serpent, you know, and there was even, um, like Leonardo da Vinci. No, not Leonardo. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Michelangelo, he had created this, this image of, uh, this half woman, half serpent. That was like on on a tree of knowledge, you know, or like wrapped around. Sometimes you see those images of the serpent wrapped around a tree of knowledge. That's supposed to be Lilith, right? But this was an idea. This wasn't like this wasn't a part of the actual scrolls. This wasn't actually a part of the the doctrine. This was just a a concept, you know. Of um, it was these mystics trying to figure out like where does the concept of of chaos come from. Where does the concept of wickedness and seduction come from, you know, and why is it that, um, like mankind is like kind of in this fog, if you will. So there was a Sumerian entity by the name of Lil, Lil Itu, you know, and Lil Itu was this, this energy, you know, or a woman, you could say, who kind of roamed around, 
on the land. You remember like in the book of Job, like where have you been roaming to and fro, looking, seeking for whom I, you know, can devour. That's actually Lilith too. And of course, Lilith too became Lilith later. But Lilith too was someone who, um, would, would, uh, uh how can I say it? Who would nurse? That's the word I was looking for. Who would nurse babies and would kill them because her, her, the milk from her teeth were known to be poison. It wasn't milk. So she would, she would seduce babies almost like. And, um, and one of the reasons is because she was infertile, you know, so she became very, very, uh, hostile towards mothers and hostile towards babies and hostile towards young men who were still in their prime. And, um, she would feed them poison. This was Lil Itu. This was a Sumerian, um, considered to be really a demon, but, it was a Sumerian uh, spirit of the wind. Okay, so again, you you think about the the connection there with the spirit of the wind and where have you been going to and fro looking for whom I can devour the spirit of the wind, the spirit of the air, Lucifer, right? So um, you see some of the the connections in there, you know, and then you have in the Babylonian system where there was a lot of um, like the the lil or the lil or lilu was connected with like um dragon mythology right so that's where that the little thing comes but there was no it's a concept you know now could there have been an elohim um little too yeah absolutely for sure you know but it was the feminists who really you know kind of took that on and was like yeah she was the original woman and before eve and she resisted the patriarchy and uh, that's just people making up stuff, <laughs> you know, that, that they were just making up stuff, you know, um, that's where you even get the, the Lilith fair, you know, it's a, that's a, um, that's a, uh, cancer research and, and well, in particular breast cancer, our uh, research Institute, if you ever heard of Lilith fair, um, but you know, again, it's that concept of coming for the breast, if you will, or having the breast that's filled with, with poison, you know, and kind of seducing people into, into certain spaces. But the concept has been sort of, um, I guess you could say it's evolved in that sense. So, um, was Adam scared? I, I would say no, because again, why be scared? What, what it, what did Inky do to you? This Inky was someone who he, he already knew. You know, I would, I would urge you to check out the series that I did on YouTube. It's on the Anu Life Global channel. And I would urge you to subscribe to that channel as well. Anu Life Global Ministries is a YouTube channel. And I did a series, uh, it's three parts and it's, uh, who are the side, the sky people? All right. I think that's, the, that's the title. Who are, I'm plugging it in as I'm speaking. And in that, I spoke about, um, Inky and, and some other folk, you know, uh, but in, in the, the sky council, you know, things like that. So that, that would really help you out to kind of understand who or what that serpent really was. You know, like I've said so many times, the serpent gets a bad rap and, and all, yeah, who are the sky people? That's what I named it. Um, serpent really gets a bad rap, you know, and there's so many people. It's just like the Elohim of the book. You have all these Elohim that are attributed to one, and that's the confusion. There is a, there is a Yah, there is an L in that book that actually does love his people. That's a real thing. It really is.
But then you have these wicked L too that doesn't. And they just smashed and mushed them all together into one word, God. So it becomes very confusing because it's like, man, one minute you're trying to kill people. Next minute you're loving people. Well, I don't get it. And you're not realizing these are different entities. And, and you're, you're reading a story about how some of these entities tried to really destroy you. They tried to really destroy you, but they're all named God. <laughs> you know, so if you don't really break down the language, you wouldn't really, really understand um, who's being spoken to. In that, in that sense, you know, so yeah, that, that's the science there with the little piece, you know, that you can check out. Um, you know, I would urge you, like I said, to watch that, um, special as far as again, Adam being scared. I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can only speculate. Um, but I would say, why would Adam or Adoma be scared of Inky? This is like, nah, that, that no. Inky has helped humanity out. Inky helped Noah out when the flood was coming. It was Inky who said, "This is how you build a ship." You know. Again, check out the uh, yeah, check out that piece. You'll get a lot of it. All right. So that has been our eighty uh, third episode of the Chief Yuya Podcast. I want to thank you all uh, who have tuned in for tuning in, and. Um, be sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Of, of course, subscribe to the, and I know I'm not super active on social media. And now that I'm doing the podcast again, I'm going to put my energy here. So this, this is where I be, <laughs> you know, um, this is where I stay in, you know, it's roots, roots reference, but, uh, but nonetheless, yeah, man, um, definitely we're going to, like I said, it's a more interactive experience and today was just a taste of how we're going to be moving forward. Um, I definitely will that you enjoy that movie, Samsara, and you enjoy the book and, you know, and, and all the things that we're exploring. And you take a look at what your foundations are supposed to look like and it's supposed to be, you know, and a part of that, like I said, is, is having a Jagna, having a guide. You know, everyone should have a guide and a Jagna and not in a passive sense. You know, like I said, I know a lot of people say, Chief, I listen to your information all the time. Being a Jegna is more than information. It's more than just me saying something You're like, man, that makes a lot of sense. That's deep. That's, that's the smallest part of it. <laughs> sometimes it's me not saying something. You know, sometimes it's that. Sometimes it's a look. Sometimes it's a, I'm not going to answer that again. And you know why? You know, so I would urge all of you, man, join our new life global ministries, you know, and be a part of the family or at least apply. <laughs> To be a part of the family if you're in a place where you need that that headship and you need that mentor. I don't like to use the term mentorship, but, you know, you need that guidance and that counseling and you need that family. You know, family is the critical part in, in all of this in building your foundations because because the foundation of the community is the family. <laughs> right. You know, so that's that's a critical piece in all of this, you know. So definitely Anu Life Global Ministries. You can go to anulifeglobal.org to get more information. And if you, you're still, if you're still testing the waters and you're not sure, like I said, learn your guru. Um, learn your teacher. You know, um, Aki Zach or Brother Zach, he tells a story about that on one of the, I don't, I couldn't, my, my, my members are better at calling off the names. I, I never forget anything I talk about, which is kind of, 
freakish. <laughs> but I never forget a lecture. I never forget a podcast. Any, I know I could tell you exactly what I spoke about. But the titles, I titles, I'm always a little iffy on. Um, but I'm always super clear on the content. But um, so he would be able to say, "Oh, it was this segment, that segment?" But it was one segment where he spoke about when he first met me and why he wanted to meet me, you know, after listening to me and wanted to meet me in person to basically see is he, is he what he says he is, you know, and Zach's been with me ever since. <laughs> you know, Zach's been, Zach's been with me before the beard, <laughs> before he had a beard, you know, so um, it's important, you know, to have those moments in the retreat. That's why I opened it up to the public. To provide people that opportunity Like I like what they're doing I like you know let me get a Let me get an organic feel for what this is What are they really like in prayer Is it going to be a brawl and go to They're going to be breaking chairs over each other's back And throwing it slamming body slamming each other Into the, the fire pit You know are they going to be sitting around with a guitar Singing you know kumbaya what, Like what is it <laughs> You know um, so it gives you an opportunity And like I said, we're doing that in June In New Orleans, it's going to be so beautiful And I have a bunch of things um, Kind of planned, you know Little workshops and stuff like that Where we can get into some Some good some good healing, some good bonding For those who who need it And need to have some healthy experiences And be around Some good people, because you know, times right now Are Uber insane <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're in a crazy time right now and now is the time that we join together and find like minds who, you know, want to survive in the same sort of way. So yeah, man. Um I definitely urge you all to come and register for the retreat and you can go to the Anu Life Global website to do that. Anulifeglobal.org and um just go to the to the retreat page. You don't have to pay anything, you know, right now, but it's just so that we can kind of get a head count because we reserve spaces for the summer retreat you know and it and that way we, we could tell this place oh we got 30 people coming we got 40 people coming we got 50 people coming you know whatever it is all right so um definitely head over there and uh, if you're interested register up for the retreat i would love to see you there you know and uh kick it with you and, and break the uh flaxseed bread with you all right. So in any event, um, thank you for riding along. This has been Chief Yuya with another Chief Yuya podcast. Head Jagna of the Anu Life Global Ministries for music, Chief Yuya music. Definitely um, you can subscribe to me on Spotify, iTunes, and what, whatever else. Right. All the music platforms, you know, um, still would be releasing good stuff. Um, and when I say good, uh, like Afro Shemitic Futurism was a, um, one of like playlists I did recently. I really enjoyed that was the one where every seven days I had to do a song, you know, so that was, uh, interesting. It was fun, you know, cause I had to release some stuff that wasn't done. <laughs> it's like, man, I ain't finished with that, you know, but that's, that's the, the challenge I put on myself. Hey, whatever it is, just put it out, you know. So that was fun, but a lot of good concepts in that journey. And I'll be releasing more for Afro Shemitic Futurism and putting it into its own, its own package as well, man. So definitely you could check those things out as well as on Bandcamp. Bandcamp, you know, just look me up on the Chief Yuya and you can find everything there too. All right, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be well, be safe, be loving.
Peace.